to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I'm here with the magical, the beautiful, the voluptuous Michael Windsor. Good evening. Yeah, say hello <laughs> to the people. We are broadcasting from the pool room studios at the Bonnie View Mansion. This is the maiden voyage. Yeah, you have to introduce me like that every time. I'm going to. You can, I, you can continue to add more things. Of but. course. You know what I'm thinking? It's going to be like a Simpsons intro where we switch it up every single time. Sometimes I'll just talk about your murder. Sometimes I'll talk about other sexual fantasies or fetishes that I may have for you or that you may have. You, know, you never know. How are you feeling tonight, Mike? Good. I'm feeling good, too. You know the thing about Maiden Voyages is, I always think of the Titanic. You know, the first day the Titanic set sail, uh, the Oreo cookie was released in the world, hmm. which means that no one that died on the Titanic ever got to try an Oreo cookie. Oh, that's a real shame. Tragic. Oh, way to start it off, man. <laughs> I know. I'm not trying to go dark, but here's the inspiring thing about it. That means that everybody that survived did get to try an Oreo cookie. <laughs> and I like to think that they ate enough for their fallen comrades. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I would believe that's probably true. If this is the main voyage, we should probably break this gin bottle over the... <laughs> Well, listen, we're going to need that gin bottle. Mike, uh, being our guest for our first episode, even though Mike's going to be the co-host for this wonderful podcast, and he's going to be helping me interviewing some of these awesome bartenders and servers of the uh, of the crazy service industry, you're going to need that gin bottle, because what are we making tonight, Mike? We're going to do some dirty gin martinis. Oh, God. You know, I think they're going to do us right. Way to start off with a bang with a good cocktail, but before we do, before we jump into our questions and Mike's signature cocktail, which he's going to, you know, he's going to do a little sexy shake for us, uh, I got to ask you, Mike, any updates from the week? Anything you'd like to share with the people? Anything going on in your life? Big news? Uh, Taking any trips? <laughs> I'm uh, getting ready to head back home to Kansas this evening after, you know, I've got to check the chart to make sure, uh, you know, the alcohol has diffused itself enough in my body before I leave. Ah, yeah, that's that's smart. And now you're going to Kansas on purpose. <laughs> yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, we've got to go out and help take care of the pheasant population out there. Ah! <laughs> They're uh, running rampant, so uh, we, we've got to do some conservation work. I, did I hear something about uh, them maybe attacking and destroying a school bus of children? Or you know, like I, I don't know if it's, uh, I haven't seen that news story in particular, but <laughs> they are very dangerous birds, and, um, you know, we, we try to do our part every year. Well, I appreciate that, and, and, you know, I think I speak for the entire country when I say that you and your, uh, your kin are patriots and heroes. Thank you. For doing this kind of work. And, uh, you know, that's the funny thing. Mike is from Pittsburgh, Kansas, which is a real place. <laughs> no H on the end. That's right. Um, and I'm actually born in Wichita, Kansas, but didn't grow up there, but that's our funny connection. Um, anyway, we're going to get right into it. All right, Mr. Bartender, tell us about the drink we're going to be drinking today. And remember, before Mike gets started assembling this drink, everybody, don't just listen along drink along cheers to that so i do love uh, you know a, a lot of different cocktails but i i did find in my bartending days that uh the dirty gin martini just kind of spoke to me classic yeah and um i'm gonna do my little special twist is i i love it with blue cheese stuffed olives Ooh. because then you're not just getting a drink you get a little snack at the end you damn know? right um, and we got the fresh blue cheese and everything stuff the olives ourselves you can get, no you didn't yeah we did i stuffed them myself you saw me don't you lie to the people. Listen, there may or may not be photo evidence, but this is the time of year, especially near Thanksgiving, where everybody's uh, everybody always talks shit about how they made it from scratch. You tell me you actually stuffed these olives. Yeah, I didn't pick the olives or anything, <laughs> but I, uh, I definitely stuffed them. 
Um, and tonight we're going to be using some Bombay Sapphire. I typically prefer it with Bee Feeder, but uh, the liquor store was running low. Okay. And then uh, we are going to do some Martini and Rossi um, Dry Vermouth. Um, typically, it, I, the, the vermouth was a signature part of the cocktail. Right, right. But it seems any more people ask for them dry, which means little to no vermouth, which is kind of funny because it's yeah, dry Yeah, you know, vermouth. there's always the discrepancy on that, right? And, mm. and, and look, from my, my experience, there's always the three main questions when you have a martini, right? It's dry or not dry, it's vodka or gin, mm -hmm. and it's on the rocks or up, right? Yeah, That's exactly. what you'd say as a yeah. standard. But you mentioned uh, Bombay Sapphire, mm -hmm. the people can use Beef Eater. You know, if they're a Baltimore native, they can use one of the great gins by Baltimore Spirits Company. That skeleton pepper gin is a fantastic uh, thing to mix in here. and actually goes really well with the blue cheese olives. Mm. So, um, all right, man, take it away. I'm ready to drink. All Let's right. fucking do this thing. <laughs> so, typically, uh, it's about two and a half ounces of gin or vodka. I prefer gin, obviously. Sure. Um, typically, about a half ounce of dry vermouth. Now, I typically just do a little splash. And, and do the rest with uh, the olive juice, which or the olive brine, which is typically about a half ounce. And then uh, garnish it with the uh, pre-stuffed blue cheese olives. All right, so. well, don't make me wait anymore, man. I'm <laughs> salivating. It's been a long fucking day, and I need a drink. I think the mic can actually pick it, pick it up and pour in the sweet, sweet nectar. <laughs> All right, so he's poured, he's poured the gin. He's adding in just a splash here of the vermouth. Now, do you do it dirty every time? You like it? You know, I don't think I've ever actually had uh, just a straight like gin martini. Is that right? Yeah, I, like gin's fine, but like adding the olive brine really brings it together for me. See, I like mine to look like my urine after a long weekend <laughs> of drinking, when I have not hydrated at all. It's a delicate balance. If you put too much brine in there, it's it's just a little rough. And I, I do order ah. them. I do order them on the rocks a lot, but I actually do prefer it up because I'm a classy motherfucker. Now, of course, James Bond, the classic shaken but not stirred, we're doing a shaken martini tonight. Yeah, now, as far as I understand, and up there, as far as I understand, um, the, the reason that people will order them stirred is because shaking it can bruise the gin. I don't know if my palate is a is advanced enough to pick up on any difference of that. Now, I was under the impression that certain gins were meant to be bruised. And like rules meant case. to be broken, that kind of thing. There you I don't go. Know. We've got some lovely... I could be totally talking about my ass. We've got some one. lovely plastic fork Ooh. garnishes Ooh. tonight. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> we didn't have any toothpicks. That's got a great color to it. So, for anybody drinking along, if you're making the cocktail at home, if you like it dirty, we're looking at that... Think of like a think of like a smoky lemon lime Gatorade sort of color, <laughs> um, not not quite that yellow. Cheers! And here we go. The the first sip of the first episode. This is a momentous occasion. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, that's delicious. Oh, that's good. Man, one of the blue cheese stuff. You gotta have it. You just gotta have it. It really does. It's that's really delicious stuff right there. Well, we're gonna get right into it now that we have our cocktail ready to rock, and the listeners are drinking along. We're gonna come to our first segment. Um, you know, it, it, we try to keep it straightforward here. We really just want to know why you got into this business. You know, uh, I think for a lot of young professionals, they're trying to get on LinkedIn. They're trying to look, you know, good profile picture. Hey, here's my internships. I went to this university, but this is the bartender ramp podcast. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're going to do a little drinking, not LinkedIn. <laughs> I want you to tell me a little bit about your service industry experience. So first, how'd you get into the industry? You know, tell me about kind of the, that, that, uh, that first 
job in the, in the service business? So the first service industry job I had, I was actually a pizza delivery driver. Um, so a little bit further back from serving drinks. It's a very um, high-end diet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I loved it, man. I got to drive around and listen to my music all night. So Fuck yeah. So that was pretty good. Um, but then I ended up moving to Baltimore for school and um, went and got a job at a local diner. It was actually the wrong diner. I was told to go to a different one, and I just got lost, <laughs> uh, which fortunately I did because that's actually where I met you. That's right. That's right. We my... wear bow ties and monkey yep. suits and <laughs> yep. hating our lives working 24 hours a night. <laughs> yep. So we, we did that for a while. Um, but then I ended up getting a job at another restaurant um, in Timonium uh, called Bluestone. And I started out there as just a food runner, busser. But okay. I obviously knew, you know, I wanted to start serving. So that was your first bartending gig? Uh, yeah. I, I actually didn't know that. I thought you had, so you had never been a bartender before you came to Baltimore? Yeah. Damn, so Baltimore yeah. popped your bartending yeah, cherry, exactly. huh? Exactly. I am very proud of my city, baby. <laughs> Love worked, it. it. It worked really well because I eventually, you know, moved up from food runner to uh, server, but I really wanted to serve drinks just because it, it just seems like a lot of fun. I like yeah. I like talking to people and bullshitting. Um, and they first started me out on sidebar, uh, the service bar. Okay. So basically, I was just in charge of making drinks for all Didn't of the Didn't have to staff. take anybody's bullshit, exactly. just make the drinks. So, well, I had to take the server's bullshit. That's right. <laughs> um, but that was perfect, because that was really like where I was forged in the fire, because you just get all these massive you drinks. Get crushed. Yeah, you exactly. get crushed. You get crushed. You're getting tickets. You're getting 20, yeah. 40 drinks at a time, that kind of thing. And uh, my good friend, uh, Andrew, he really is the one who kind of helped me. We had some books there, so you know I, I would you know just look up the recipes, but he kind of helped me perfect a lot of the cocktails. Um, and you know, got to the point where I just knew how to count. So you know, it, you know, it, it just all kind of became without using a jigger. Exactly, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I, hate, I, I hated using. That. How long do you think that it took you to really get up to speed? And I, I'm sure we're gonna get to Andrew at mm -hmm. some point in this in this uh, podcast because that guy's a fucking godfather. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we could hunt him down at some point. But, we will. Uh, I know where he's at. I'll find him. But what? How long did it really take you to get up to speed? Where you felt comfortable behind the bar? Man, I, I would say within a month. Yeah. Because you just you you are forced to perform. You yeah. have to make those drinks and it was actually great because i started getting pretty damn good at it and one of the perks was you know even the boss was like look you can't drink behind the bar but you need to make sure the drinks taste good so you can take a little straw and not sip it directly out of there obviously <laughs> but just do the little finger you know trick to where you can you know vacuum it up there and just take a little sip there is more than a few motherfuckers listening to this right now just going you can't do that there's rona there's rona on these streets people this all occurred before the rona okay we had the only diseases we were worried about back then were chlamydia. No, no, this was this <laughs> this was still very sanitary. You just you you right. put the straw in and then you, you little you know, suction, yeah, plug little it with suction the end of your finger. You pull it out and you just drink it. And what became my goal as a bartender was getting the maximum amount of alcohol in the drink without tarnishing the flavor. Yeah, and I got a lot of compliments from no from doubt people. that'll keep a customer uh, happy. One sure. of the one of the good moments was after Andrew had taught me and showed me all this. Um, one night we got absolutely slammed and he had to come and help me because we just had tickets pouring out. I had made a couple apple martinis uh, for uh, a customer and uh, she'd ordered a few of them and then it came to the point where he ended up making the next apple martini for her. <laughs> Uh, they took it out, I and then this went, in just a few minutes, they brought it back, and they're like, this is no good. Make it like you did before. And I was like, yeah, motherfucker. The, <laughs> the, student, the student has, has become, become the, the master. Teacher. Exactly. Yeah. So that was that was a nice moment. So suck I love it. it. Suck it, Andrew, if you're listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of hit uh, uh, one particular point that's like really personal to me. You mentioned... Um, you know, you have to perform when you're back there, mm -hmm. right? And and the th the reason I fell in love with this business, uh, you know, and 
And my past is similar to yours. You know, I didn't start as a bartender. I actually came up as a cook. Started serving tables. Realized that front of house, you can make a lot more money. And mm-hmm. then, you know, fell into bartending because that's where the, the fun and the money is. Absolutely. And, and the frankly, the sex appeal, right? You know? Uh, the Every time there's a new server in there, she's coming after the bartender. She's not going out. Oh, man. Oh, she's man. not going after the bus. End, end of the shift, everybody's coming up trying to get you to sneak them a shot. Under right, right. Sneak them a shot time. or sneak yeah. them your number. Yeah. One too. So, Usually started with the shot. But. No, but when you say you have to perform, the thing I love most about bartending, my, I mean, my number one thing is that it's my stage, right? You know, I can... I can go back there and I feel like the Pied Piper. I got everybody's attention. They're all waiting on me. I, you know, if I'm helping one customer, they can see me helping that customer. It's very communal, mm-hmm. right? And and for me, somebody who's really outgoing, and, and you, somebody who's very outgoing, and I think unique, your personality is like nobody else I've ever met. Aww. It it gives you an opportunity to put those things on display, right? You can talk about music. You can yeah. talk about sports. You can talk about politics. You can make a joke. You can... You can talk shit to somebody I, and they eat it up. I can't. I definitely can't talk sports, so I had to find venues. <laughs> absolutely. So right. Well, you know, to eat, to each their own when it comes to those bartending gifts. But um, that's pretty cool. So, are you still working in the service industry now? Not right now. No, okay. I've, I've had a little hiatus, um, but I'm going to be back in Baltimore for a little while. So I'm, I'm actually looking to find a good bartending gig somewhere. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm sure uh, it's going to be. People are going to be very happy when you're back on the scene. Let's hope so. What was your most recent bar that you worked at, just before we hop into these these questions here? Yeah, so I moved back to Kansas in 2015 uh, to help with the family business. So right before then, I was bartending. I was actually bartending in a little place called Plates, um, downtown downtown Baltimore. Downtown Merritt. It, It was actually... It was a restaurant inside of a gym. No, no affiliation whatsoever. Um, but the restaurant was inside of the gym. Uh, but we had a great boss. He was a lot of fun to work with, and you know, kind of had to to some extent free reign. So he he loved experimenting with different cocktails and everything, and he'd have uh, taste testing parties yeah. and stuff. So um, that's where I actually left, and um, was the last place that I actually bartended. Very cool. Yeah. Time. You gotta love a bar in a gym, a little detox, retox, exactly. retox, detox, <laughs> retox again type of situation. Like so. the characters we had coming in, <laughs> man. We had this one guy that would come in, and he was. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> slow yourself down. We got stories okay, coming. Okay. We got stories coming. All right, All right. All right. So now we're gonna move into the gauntlet, the top ten. <laughs> we have worked on these questions. We started with a, a list of how many things, Mike, probably oh, fifty, and we cut it down. Yeah. So listen, I know there's gonna be listeners out there asking why we didn't ask certain questions. These are our core. 10, right? You know, I don't like a menu like the Cheesecake Factory. It's too fucking long, right? You know, I need a menu of top dishes that you do well, and that's what we're about to bring to you. So this is the top 10. Alright, let's get it kicked off. Mike, tell us. When you're in the service industry, what are your top pet peeves or what are some of the misconceptions people have about the service industry? Okay, so uh, definitely the first thing that comes to mind is a misconception because obviously working in the service industry changes the way you feel when you go out and you were the customer in the service industry. Of course. So obviously I tipped better for, you know, good service. Always made sure to leave a tip. We can talk about it on a different podcast or in a different episode, I mean, but um one of the things that I never that never bothered me was splitting checks for people because as long as I'm getting a tip out of it, I really don't care. Like I'm there to serve those people, and if it's more convenient for them to split their checks up, that's why I keep all my notes on who's ordering what. 
So that never ever bothered me. But I found it time and time again that when I go out with like my friends who may or may not have worked in the service industry, they never want to split their fucking checks. And that pisses me off because I typically don't order very expensive food or, or something like that. And they end up wanting to just kind of split it evenly. And it fucking pisses me off, you know. Um, but they're all, they always say, it's like, oh, make it easy for the bartender or the I'm, server. See, I'm surprised to hear that because I, I've had a, a little bit different experience. I usually go out with these people that are so nitpicky that if I got two beers and you got one beer, you want just your items. And to yeah, me, that's me. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that is, you, you fucking Fuck you. Quit you. drinking so much, you, man. I'm not going to pay for that shit. All right, you cheap bastard. <laughs> what goes around comes around, okay? You know, we're friends. I'm going to pay it for it. We'll get you next time. But I get your point. I think from a service industry perspective... Um, splitting checks always came down to whether or not you tell me at the front end, right? So if you're a yeah, big table, okay, fair enough, right? That, I'm that gonna a- and I'm gonna ask you. Some servers don't. I'm gonna ask you, and if you say you do want the check split, then I'll make the effort to sure, do that. Fair enough. But if I'm weeded busy on a Friday night, yeah, and it's a lag, and a 15 yeah. top wants to split a check when they yeah. didn't even give me an idea, and it's 350 bucks. I mean, that's when we're talking about territory where I'm just. Hoping you burst into flames. Okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. I, that, and that's a fair concession, you know. If you're going to ask for the check to be split, it would be a you know, nice gesture to let them know up yeah. front. Because it's really not that hard to do it if you've kept track of what's been ordered. No doubt. And, and really, that's a test of you being a good bartender. I have to say, too many bartenders and servers don't uh, put down their orders by seat. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, right? If you track the order by seat, it's really easy to go back. Bang, 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 flip it around. Yeah. The other thing is we got all these great computer systems now. It's like fucking with an iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, you can... Move tables and drinks and checks and things like that. So I think you actually might be an outlier, but I think that's kind of cool as far as bartenders and servers go. So any other pet peeves? Oh, man. I mean, there's a million pet peeves. Honestly, though, just like as long as I just had a friendly understanding. Mutual respect. Yeah, that's that's really all it came down to. All right. So talk to us about the not-so-friendly customers. Best tips, worst tips, right? Maybe we start with worst tips here. So actually, so I, I can't, nec- I don't necessarily remember like the best tip I ever got. Right. Um, but I was very fortunate to, you know, make good tips from a lot of people. But I do remember there were a few times, and I don't want to jump too far ahead because I know this kind of, you know, goes nah, into We're going to overlap, question. it's fine. But um, there would be times where I would like, I'd spill the martini on a guy, right? And I'm oh. like, oh my God, like this is the worst thing and they ended up tipping me way better than I would have expected to be tipped if the service went perfectly. And I think they felt bad for me. Um, you ever think about doing it every time? <laughs> <laughs> right. Whoopsie-daisy. Like, uh, no, definitely not. But uh, that, that that always surprised me. And I think it was just, you know, the, they just felt bad. It was just okay. it was a pity tip, so I'll take it. See, I'm, I'm personally offended right now because as we're drinking these delicious martinis that you made for us tonight... I'm thinking about you spilling that sweet, <laughs> right. sweet nectar, and it's upsetting me. Did anyone lick it off the floor? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, some of the busboys did after they left. You can't even no. blame them. You know, they're 15. they got to get it any way they can. So, um, All right. Did you did you ever have, like, a crazy tip? Like, I, you know, in my career, I, I really remember, uh, every time I think back of it, I always remember the, wor- the bad tips. Like, mm-hmm. I have vivid memories of... You know, the guy that once uh, stiffed me on a $100 check and he didn't have either of his pinkies. Definitely had to be, you know, a drug deal gone wrong. Jesus I remember Christ. another group that uh, that shorted me um, on a $120 check on Christmas Eve and Husto oh, chased man. him out of the diner we were working at. <laughs> so, no, I remember the bad ones, but you remember any, like, big tips, good tips like that? 
Oh, man, I don't know if I remember any particularly big tips. Okay. Um, I do remember, I, I actually kind of regret this because there is a level of professionalism that you have to bring to, to really any job, sure. but especially to a job where you're, you know, wanting customers to come back. And you you're know. setting an atmosphere, exactly. right? It's different than maybe an office So job. I got a really bad tip from a table one time and they came in again and I fucking pulled such a bitch move and I went up like after the meal, I was like, so how was the meal this evening? And, you know, they're like, oh, it was great. I was like, all right, well, I just, I was also curious, the last time you were in here was was the service good was the meal good like yeah it was great it's like oh i was just curious because you really left me a really bad tip for that and i just wanted to make sure that i didn't do anything wrong to you know make your experience you know i gotta be honest (laughs) with you that's one of the best examples of actually dealing with that in a respectful manner i mean it right you didn't you didn't uh you know torch them that first time you waited for them to come back you you continued to give them good service you waited to the end of the meal and then you had a honest conversation with them you said look was that because there was that was, and that was the, that was the charade I was putting on, but basically I was just saying "fuck you." Well, yeah, I mean, we all we know we all know the real feeling. Your your toes are curling, your toes are curling in your non-slip sneakers, and you're just trying. You're you're gritting your teeth, and you're like, "This motherfucker, say say something, say something." I'll take you out in well, the parking lot, old man. Needless to say, I never saw them come back in again. So, mm. <laughs> hope my boss ever found out. Well, you know, they were probably a little embarrassed, but all right. Well, talk about embarrassing. Tell me the worst drink order you've ever had to make. Oh, man. Just something foul. Man. And while you're searching, I'll give you mine because it's not even a question. All right? It's the Candy Corona. Oh, man. When, what, I don't even know what that is. When we moved down to Ocean City, Maryland, and we're bartending down there, I get introduced to the Candy Corona. And it's very simple. It's a two-parter. You know, any bartender can make it. It's a classic Corona light with a full shot of of grenadine in it and it ends up tasting like a Shirley <laughs> oh, God! and my god it was so foul it made me vomit every single time every now and then I plug it with a cherry mm-hmm. like a little maraschino just for shits and giggles <laughs> you know but uh make it like a champagne candy corona anything like that you know, honestly, the one drink, it, it was a, a wide variety of drinks, but anything that had Campari in it. Really? Campari, I just, the, that taste, for whatever reason, just really grossed me out. And anytime I had to make a drink for, you know, for a customer like that and had to taste it, I didn't know what the hell it was supposed to taste yeah. like. Because it tastes like shit to me, so. What about some of the, you know, I, I love Campari because it's such a classic mix. So, I mean, you know, one of my favorite cocktails of all time is a Negroni. I love a Boulevardier because I'm a big bourbon drinker. You know, Campari, Campari is what makes those drinks, that mm-hmm. kind of dried cranberry flavor. You do, you don't, you're not a big fan of maybe like some of those old, you know, Campari is obviously a very classic Italian liqueur. I mm-hmm. don't know if maybe that's just not your style. Maybe if I, if I had the right cocktail. Right, but, but from what you tried, it yeah, wasn't for you. Yeah. You know, to each their own. Well, I can tell you the worst drink that I ever made. Okay. It wasn't really intentional. We, we had this <laughs> we had this late night, and I won't say what bar it was at. I've worked in several. Thank Christ. But uh, we had this. There's probably somebody out there looking for a civil suit against you, <laughs> yeah. so don't, don't incriminate yourself. No, it, was, it was late night, and this guy came in, and he ordered a uh, Manhattan okay. uh, straight up, which I love Manhattans. Um, but we like that bar in particular people didn't order that type of drink very often so i get all the stuff he orders really nice bourbon with it and i get the sweet vermouth and i go to pour it and just gnats just bar bar flies come streaming (laughs) out of the pour and then we have no other bottle of. Did you of, serve it to him? No, of course you did. Not. You did. I'm like you this, did. Is a, this is a special I see it in your eyes. Like, I know you, this man. Is, this is a special, oh, uh, you Christ. know, sweet vermouth. You know. Oh Christ! <laughs> You're telling me it's a spiced vermouth. It yeah, has exactly. uh, it has actual shavings of vermouth in it. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, though. I really hope he didn't. See <laughs> All right. Well, 
I mean, that's actually a great transition to our, our next one, which is the ultimate mistakes, the biggest fuck-ups you've ever had or your coworkers have had. That's a great segue, you know? Um, and you talked earlier about spilling a drink on a guy. Was there any ever, like, a great fuck-up uh, in your career that, like, really stands out? I mean, just getting hired at some of the places <laughs> comes to mind. Um, you know, um, well, I did talk about dropping drinks on people, yeah. and that was, that was always very embarrassing. Um, also, just there were a few times when other servers would drop an entire tray of oh, food. Good Lord. I've been you know, there. especially when it's busy and I've like it, it, it's probably like one hundred and fifty dollars on the tray, oh, and the entire tray just comes. And it's really, down. it's really three hundred dollars on the tray, right? Because it's the one hundred fifty on the tray, and then it's the one hundred fifty you got to get the kitchen to make <laughs> exactly. again for the second time. Exactly, and that was always a horrendous thing to, to witness. And luckily, knock on wood, I never dropped a tray like that. So you know, I, I did one time, um, and I'll never forget. It's when we were working at the Nautilus Diner, mm-hmm. which Mike called out earlier, and we were working for a very intense Greek man uh, named Leftevia, and uh, once a year, we would have all the high school marching bands come in, and we would shut down the diner to just cater the marching bands, and we're slammed busy, and my very first tray out of the kitchen, it's just nothing but fucking pancakes, and I drop them all, and I shatter one of the plates, and when I pick it up, I cut my hand, and I pursue to then bleed all over oh the God. new pancakes that come out for one of the kids. And he's looking at me, he's 16, he's in his marching band gear, he's like, fuck this guy! And he's actually so nice about it, he ended up still tipping me. Teddy Teddy took me off a shift for like three weeks after that, I was like, Jesus. You know, it does make me think too, one of the like worst things that could happen when I was doing any kind of bartender, especially service bartending, yeah. I learned really early on not to use a glass to scoop the ice out. Oh, no yeah. doubt. Because I broke one in there when we were super busy one time, and it was it was terrible. And it, you got to get all the ice out. You got to pour while you got to look through it, and all the while people are waiting for drinks. Oh no doubt. That was yeah. That was th- those moments, man. Those well, you, really. You know that's a code red, right? Yeah. That's when you take the grenadine and you pour it <laughs> over the ice to make sure no other bartender scoops out of there, oh, right? Because yeah, you don't yeah, want fair ice. Enough, in, yeah. Right. You know you got to mark it somehow. Yeah, fair so you, call it, you know that's always a code red. Um. Again, man, you're just killing these fucking segues tonight. Number five, health code violations. Good God. Right? Give me your best health code oh, violation. Not best. I shouldn't, I shouldn't <laughs> use the word best with health code violations. But give me the craziest health code violation you've ever seen. Oh, man. I mean, tell us about somebody dunking their nuts in the cream of crab soup. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so is it okay if it, it isn't from a bartending experience? That's fine. But protect the name yeah, so of I'm the not gonna, yeah, so children. I'm going to. So there was a guy that I knew... Um, <laughs> Back when I was delivering pizza, and he uh, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, right? Yeah, um, but there was a particular customer that was a notorious stiffer and would order at the worst times. Um, you know, right when you're about to close, and would just every time, and every, never every tip time, you. never, tips. never going to tip you. Um, and eventually, they got fed up with it. And um, the, the guy always ordered the exact same thing, right? So, and you know, so you knew it was going to this one guy. Um, and apparently it was a hot summer day and the guy was taking it out, um, in his car, um, didn't have AC in his car. You know, we're all poor freaking delivery drivers and, uh, stops, uh, on a side road and (laughs) I'm embarrassed to even say this. So this is the delivery driver, right? Okay. I just want to be clear here. So he stops on a side road and it's like, again, it's a hot hot summer day day in Kansas. He's got, he's got no, um, air conditioning 
And so he, he's just got he, he's fed up. He's with got this. martini juice coming down his taint, right? <laughs> so, like it is just sweating through the so seats. What the? I can't, actually, I don't even want to say what the guy ordered because I feel like it's too much evidence. But, anyway, <laughs> but, but what he ended up doing was he reached down and fondled himself. And his sweaty balls. His sweaty balls. Sweaty taint. And you know, just really made sure to get a, a nice grope of everything, and then just proceeded to touch all over uh-huh. the guy's food. Uh huh. Um, and then went back again to the other, you know, a little bit further south, um, and gathered up some more, you know, juices. South of the border? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then um, put it rubbed the fingers in the dipping sauce. Good. Which, this is, you uh, know, this is really a horrendous story. Good God. I think it's actually a felony to do something like that. Yeah, so, sure. <laughs> so There are ranch lovers out there freaking out. <laughs> That's right, ranch lovers. This is a blue well, cheese loving just, podcast, and we don't give a fuck. Up. No, I'm just kidding. What the guy did is it's not excusable. All right, that's a really fucked up thing to do to another human being. But <laughs> the point is, just just take care of it. Just take care of each other in general. But especially, right. especially the people that handle your food. That's right. You know, a, a dollar tip here and there would have saved that guy from having to eat somebody else's ball and ass juice. Well, and you know, and that brings up a really important thing that I've always wanted to talk about. I'm glad you said it. Um, can we just get this out on the table right here, right now? Okay, it's a two-way street, all right? And that goes for all service employees. This is not strict to bartenders and servers. If you get takeout food, somebody made that. Somebody packaged it. They took the time out of their day to do it. You're telling me you can spend 70, 80 bucks on a takeout dinner for your for your wife and kids, but you can't give them $3? You know, I think when it comes to takeout, we're not we're not expecting twenty percent. Mm, yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's really the gesture of the thing. Exactly. You know, it, even if you live two, leave two or three bucks, that makes me think. You know what? You actually thought about me exactly. packaging up the yeah. food and taking the small order. gesture. Yeah, exactly. And that means nothing to you. That means nothing. You know. So I, I'm with you. You know, we're not gonna sit here and defend that guy Absolutely who goes. Not. You know, who's he's a piece of shit. Man. Yeah, who, who's <laughs> who's putting putting his uh, little bit of Sicilian scrotum dust on on that man's pizza, but. So real. Um, so that actually brings us to, I mean, dude, you've been the king of segways tonight. Ratchet, crazy customers. Can you think of any, you know, I know we, we both have, we both have maybe been a ratchet or crazy oh, customer. <laughs> absolutely no doubt there. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't remember most of those stories. <laughs> so. You're going to claim ignorance? I vaguely remember one with you in the trunk of a car smoking it was a after I was on a the way to a strip club. That was, was that after it? I was a customer. I was, <laughs> I was home free by then. Right, we, right. It wasn't a taxi or an Uber. We're good. Well, we're going to let you off on this one, all right? We're gonna, and we're going to go to one that I know you have, one of my favorite categories. Category 7, fights, arrests, and fires, right? Shit's going wrong. Maybe it's a real fire. Maybe it's just a metaphorical fire. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear about shit hitting the motherfucking fan. Okay, so first of all, if, if I'm working or if I'm not working, bar fights are one of my favorite things. They're amazing. About going out to the bar. Like, and I don't want to see anybody get hurt, you know, but... It, <laughs> well, Depends not, who we're talking not, about. Not here. seriously hurt, but it is just so great to be out having a good time with your friends, getting a little drunk. No doubt. And then see some crazy people just get... Like, I saw some chick, like, bitch slap a guy and knock his ass out. And I'm always the asshole in the back just yelling, World Star! <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, in, in particular... Uh, one of those uh, places that I worked, it was more of a fancy restaurant, and um, this one fucking big asshole had been just, like, antagonizing this one table all night, and, like, it was, like, a group of, it was, like, a few guys and a few girls, and this guy was, like, just kept creeping up on their table, they were at the high tops, okay. 
kept creeping up on their table and everything and like being inappropriate with the women. I don't know exactly all that was said, obviously, but sure. like that was kind of the general vibe of what was happening. And eventually he pushed one of these guys' buttons too far and and a fight just immediately broke out. But the thing is, it, this is kind of a shitty shitty story in the sense that the guy who was being the asshole... Oh, hold on, hold on. Slow down, slow down, because I want to paint this picture right. So, this guy is creeping up on the women that are at this table. And, and just, the, and just and the talking women have, shit. And the women have some of their boyfriends there? Or this, yeah. is, or, or this is just a random vigilante that sees this. No, thing. so that actually does play into it, but initially it was just it was just a table, a couple guys, a couple girls. I don't okay. know. I don't know so if those guys were with those girls. Exactly. So yeah. they feel a bit territorial. That Absolutely, yeah. And, the, and this went on for a little while to where the guys were trying to be cordial. Trying At to be first, like, hey, buddy, yeah, exactly. you know, move on. I'll hit an old man in public, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And I was working behind the bar, and I'm just doing my normal stuff, and then all of a sudden I just hear a calamity, and I look up, and these guys, have one of the guys at the table just breaks into a, a fight with this guy. A hullabaloo. Yeah, and, exactly, a hullabaloo. Unfortunately, the guy who's being an asshole just decks this guy and knocks him to the fucking ground. So everybody's freaking out. I am like a deer in the headlights. I'm just standing like, holy <laughs> shit! Like I'm behind a bar. I don't know. Now, what are we there. talking about? Carpet, tile, floor, uh, wood floor. Oh yikes. yeah. Yeah. All right. Ta- table gets knocked over. Women are screaming. Um, and then a vigilante, some you know, well-to-do, he decides he's gonna run and try and resolve. He this wants situ- to get into yeah. the skullduggery. And that's always what happens. Somebody always. He wants, wants to be <laughs> part of a belly hoop. Exactly. He woke up that day and when he's brushing his teeth in the mirror, he said, "I'm getting into a fight today." He's watching Rob. Van Damme, Claude Van Damme videos, fucking eating his eggs for breakfast, you know, raw, out of a blender. I'm going to fuck some motherfucker up tonight. That's what he's That's thinking. what he thought. But he charged this guy. That guy turns around, clocks him, knocks him the no fuck out. Way. Yeah, just, just Who is this guy? I, he was actually an attorney. What? Come, come to find out. It's just a, but he's just a fucking so asshole. So let me get this straight. He's an attorney, but he's also like a world-class fighter. <laughs> I guess so. Again, but... did Claude Van Damme become an attorney? Is this like Steven Seagal, the attorney? Did he have a ponytail? He, he didn't look... The thing did is, he have a this ponytail? guy looked like a giant like ball of dough. He didn't look like somebody you would expect to um, you know, be able to win any kind of fight. But he did. He knocked both those guys out. And I'm standing there like an idiot, just like, and one of the other um, bartenders who was, you know, taking drinks, she just turns around and looks at me, and she's like, get the fucking manager! So, like, I bolt, go Oh, you're working at the time. Yeah, I'm behind the bar. I'm sorry, I thought you were a patron for this. No, 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 I was behind the bar. Holy shit. So, I, I run and get the manager, and, like, it kind of... Did kinda, you do, like, the old school, like, saloon style, where you hopped over? <laughs> yeah, right. Just, you actually hopped over the bar, <laughs> no, you didn't even run around? No, I ran back into the kitchen and, uh, get, and got my boss. You missed a big opportunity. I, I think that guy, and I'm trying to remember, because it's been so many years ago but i think that he ended up like leaving but then the police came it was this whole thing the crazy thing is this fucking asshole has the nerve to come in like two or three nights after this incident no and start fucking around with other women this time it was right in front of me and there were women sitting there and he's like saying all this creepy shit to them and they is he attractive <laughs> no not at all no. he's really a doughball yeah he, he like he, i would never have expected him to be able to actually win in any fight and for, for all you uh cinephiles out there i i I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'll connect with one person on this. I just watched A Brother with Art Thou. I may have been on some mushrooms while I was watching it. Oh. And the way that he is describing this doughball attorney asshole. Mm-hmm. I John Goodman. It's John Goodman. <laughs> I just see it's the, all about the money, boy. I, I see the Cyclops in my head right now breaking <laughs> tree branches and giving life lessons. That's what, that's what I, I can't explain it. I can't go anywhere else. Maybe, maybe anybody out there has a... Uh, a different impression. Let the, you know. Write in. Get on the email. Get on the YouTube. On the Twitter. 
Hit us up and let us know what you think this guy looked like. Looked like. <laughs> I will also take doodles. I would love a sketch of this fucking asshole. You know, I'll have to check. Maybe there's a police record if you actually did get arrested. We could we could compare it to the actual mugshot. You know, you know and, and here's the thing. Alternative for you non-creative types out there uh, who can't really doodle, I'd love for you to name this asshole. Give me what you think his name has to be. Because I love a good, I love a good asshole name, you know? Like Just... A, like Troy, you know? His name's probably like... <laughs> that's actually another asshole lawyer that I knew. So that's part you right, nail right on the head, I'm man. telling you, man. I'm that's good. I, I can pick these things out. All right. Now it's time for the juicy. Thunder. The straight eight. The sexy Lexi. We're talking sex stories. Give them to me. I want them. I know you got some good ones. I'm just still thinking of Thunderfist, attorney at law. <laughs> Thunderfist. Troy Thunderfist. Attorney at law. Does he wear an eye patch? Yes. Is it just for show? Yes. <laughs> so, so sex stories. Unfortunately, I never like had any fun sex stories at work. Uh, I, you had to hear rumors through, and maybe if it wasn't you, it was somebody else. The hostess yeah. is fucking the manager. Oh, well, the absolutely. managers just had a kid. The kid might be belong to the the chef. The chef is fucking the new bartender. Yeah, fair enough. You know that. Kind um, of I, I did, you know, hook up with some of the people I ended up working with. Don't we not, all? Not always the ones that I wanted, but it's a very it's high. Here or there. It's a very high intense profession, yeah. right? You're in the trenches with people. You're bumping elbows. You know, I, I, there's some friction mm, there. Absolutely, right? Everybody's dressed up, looking nice. You know, that's right. That's right. You know, uh, I remember one particular bartender I used to work with, and uh, it breaks my heart. I never got to. Never got to bump nasties with her, but she had this particular style. So whereas she, thank you. I, you know, I've always said I really have a sentimental side to me. Yeah, I can tell. Um, the one thing about her that I'll never forget is as she would zip around the bar doing her work, she would always wear a ponytail at work, and the ponytail would bounce behind her butt. Like would would just kind of like bounce around, kind of like the Olympic gymnasts doing the um, the tassels. What is that? Is that the ribbon workout on the floor? And I, it was mesmerized. It was. I'm staring at I'm staring at this ponytail going fluttering back and forth from wind, bouncing up and down. She's zipping around. I'm staring at her ass, and it's just oh, it's it, it was something to behold. Yeah, yeah. I still have nightmares about it. Uh, so I do know of a monumental abuse of power. Okay. Um, so it actually wasn't sex, but um, there was a, I think it was Valentine's Day. It was a particularly busy uh, shift at um, at one of the restaurants I worked at. And it was one of those things where, you know, obviously some of the servers had more seniority, so they got better sections, sure. you know, that kind of thing. But, um, sections. But apparently <laughs> there was, uh, there were a couple girls who went to our boss and they were like, hey, we really want a couple of the good sections. And he's like, well, what are you going to do for it? And wow. so they ended up making out with each other in front of him. Wow. And they ended up getting the uh, the good sections. So this is a double thing of, like, that was, you know, an, an abuse of power, obviously. For sure. I also see this kind of as, you know, um, female privilege. You know what I mean? Like, he would not have let me make out with my buddy. You know, that not section. everybody's <laughs> going to be happy with that comment, but I like the debate. We have to talk about it. And, and look. Um, this brings us to a really interesting, I think, um, trope, a theme that's going to come up in a lot of these discussions. So we're going to be talking with male bartenders, female bartenders, bisexual bartenders, LGBTQ bartenders. We're going to be talking with everybody, you know? We don't have a specific... Uh, that's the thing about the service industry. The service industry employs everybody. Absolutely. And, and, and one, of, for every pot. one of the things as a man in this business that you start to learn very quickly is that females certainly um, are advantaged 
and disadvantaged, like they are in every industry, but advantaged in certain ways. For example, nobody's going to force a female to be a busboy. Nobody's going to force a female to be a line cook. And I'm not saying they can't do it. I've, I've worked with some great female bus, bussers. I've worked with some great female cooks. Um, in fact, some of them better than any man I've ever worked with. I'm just saying, in the, in the, the average American pub or bar... That's just not the norm, right? The girls get the hostess jobs. They get the server jobs. They put them behind the bar because they're pretty. And a lot of times they're a great bartender. But they also make tips off their oh, assets. Absolutely. They make tips off their absolutely. assets. Absolutely. And look, I'm not, you know, you guys can't see us right now. Mike is a particularly handsome man. Oh, okay? thank you. He's 6'3". He's got this feathered hair. He's got this gorgeous smile. He's adorable, right? I make it off my sheer, you know, bullshittery. Right? Oh, you know, come I'm, on, man. You gotta give well, I appreciate that. Credit, yeah. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Yeah, a couple, but the more, point is, couple more martinis. Hey, <laughs> that's why I pour them heavy. <laughs> no, but the, but the point is, you know, um, if, if I want to make money as a bartender, I have to do it off my merit. I really have to. And um, I do uh, respect women that understand that they can play two cards. Mm-hmm. They can be a great bartender and they can also put themselves on display. And I'm not saying exploit themselves, but they know that they're they're using it for the best purpose, oh, which is to be wily, to get that money, to get people coming back. And uh, I can't wait to have some of our female bartenders on there. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, yeah. you know, some of our heavy hitters, we're going to have Amanda Michelle on here. We're going to have Sid Borchman on here. Um, we're going to have uh, all the girls from Joe Mamas in Morgantown on here. We got a bunch of. What's your friend from Kansas? We got a. Uh, oh yeah, Meg. Meg McCoy. Meg, yeah. Yeah, Meg McCray. Is that what? Meg it is? McCoy. And Meg no, McCoy. She, she and she's a she's a wonderful woman, um, and uh, she she's a lot of fun to talk to because like I care around a lot about it, of this stuff, but she's very active feminist and everything. So right. it would be fun to you know have a few drinks. I can't wait. And Meg give, her, give her a little bit of shit. You yeah, know? <laughs> Meg McCoy's gonna come on here and she's gonna break us like a set of horses. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. Absolutely. It's gonna be great. So. No, but it, I feel like that tangent just had to be said when we're talking sex stories. Mm-hmm, so, absolutely. Um, all right, number nine, bar hazing, pranks, and games. Oh, yeah, this is one, of my this one is near and dear to our heart. And, mm-hmm. and Mike, I think you know why. It's because we share a mutual friend, um, the man known as Dirty Tom. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, there has never been a greater prankster in the history of the world than Dirty Tom. I'm sure at some point down the line we'll get into the tampon story, oh the tampon and the taco. Jeez. I'm sure we'll get into a, plenty of the other ones. But tell me about some of your favorite pranks and games when you're bored at the bar. You, you know, maybe you got a new employee, you're training a new staff. No, I've got some good ones for this. Hit so me, first hit of me. all, I fucking hated working with you guys at the night <laughs> because what what they would do is you'd be carrying a tray full of food. And they would just come up as soon as you come out of the kitchen with their pins and start drawing all over your fucking arm. So you just have like this, like, you know, this a, a 40 maze, pound, this like, you 40 know, pound tray yeah, food. exactly. And then you, you just have this, like, you know, impossible maze drawn on your freaking forearm. Well, say what it is. It's a maze of cock. <laughs> I just, mean, it's a maze of but cock. But just, and you couldn't do anything about it. And you just look like an asshole now for the rest of the night with all this pen all right. over your fucking you're forearm. Sit, you're sitting down the spinacopita at the old Jewish lady's table and your, your forearm is just covered in schlongs, you know? And it's just, yeah, hey, fuck listen, you, guys. you know, you got to be better. That in the fucking towel whipping, man. God, that was not fun at all. Uh, I mean, look, the towel whipping is something you could go through. But give me give me okay. some hazing stories okay, in particular, so, so, right? You know, so, somebody's new. First of all, so I was new at one point, and the, uh, one of the bar, uh, sorry, one of the line cooks was trying to get me, and I'm, this is when I was running food. 
And he's like, he's like, hey, I need you to go down into the basement and get something. I'm like, all right, wait. He's like, I need a, I need a can of the dehydrated water. And like, I start to go, and I'm like, I look back, I'm like, motherfucker, like you're not gonna get me. I should, if I was quicker, I would have been like, well, do you need the diet or the regular, you know? But uh, he didn't get me. But they did get another really sweet kid that started working uh, at that place. Really, really nice guy, just like going to school and shit. And they give him a fucking like what a chafing dish or something. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we need you to go down. And get steam for the steam pants. <laughs> they, send, they send him down there. He's down there for like 15 fucking minutes. Trying to find the steam. Trying to find the steam for the steam <laughs> pants. And eventually, um, one of the managers comes up to me. He's like, he's like, Mike, where, where is, you know, where's he at? Where, where's this kid at? I was like, I said, they're, they're playing a joke. He's on. getting steam. He's downstairs looking for steam for the steam pants. And he rolls his eyes. He's like, son of a bitch. He's like, all right, let me go find him. He goes down there. I, I go back to like, you know, whatever I was. I think I was running food at the time. Come back. Kid's still not there after another five minutes. You're running food with dicks on your arms, yeah. right? Well, no, no. This was like classy fucking boys, right? Um, and I, I see my manager. I'm like, did you find him? He's like, yeah. I told him he was looking in the wrong room. <laughs> so this kid is still down there looking for the steam. So, you gotta love it. You gotta love it when management gets in. On oh, absolutely. It. I mean, and for and for all you that are not service industry people, you know, uh, you know, some of this stuff is gonna sound like such common sense, but everybody that's worked in the service industry knows. That that first job you've had, you don't know shit. You're yeah. green. You're coming in nervous. Trying to please, you right? Know. You're trying to, and you know, a lot of times your first job, right? You're, mm. th- you're 14, you're 15 years old. You're trying to make everybody happy, and uh, you know some of the classics are. I mean, this the steam one's great. Uh, I used to remember they would always send us for the left-handed ladles. <laughs> they would ask us to mop the freezer. You know, <laughs> that's so, just a, that's just a safety hazard, man. Right, right. You know, the second you put the mop down, it freezes to the floor, and you feel like you're an idiot, so you go get hotter water. I mean, you know, there's a laundry list of them, and and I'm sure we're gonna get into some more, but that that's a that's a good one right there for sure. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait for the episode where we start to talk about the bar games, Tom. Is the king of the bar games. Some of the some of the best uh, moments of my life have been playing the stupidest, most trivial games you can imagine. That Tom, twi- Dirty Tom's <laughs> twisted mind comes up. Wait, with. before you jump too far ahead, I actually do have a bar game. Okay, and I'm actually right. I'm proud of this one. Let's do it. So I, do it. I created this bar game. So. Uh, it was at Bluestone. It's called the Bluestone Booty Game, right? Okay. So we were fortunate. <laughs> Get a great name. Yeah, we, we were fortunate enough to work with some very attractive women, right? The blue, 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 yeah. blue, 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 blue Stone Booty Game. Blue so, Stone Booty Game. And it was like a kind of a classy restaurant, so we all um, wore black slacks, right? Okay. And several of these women looked really nice in these slacks, okay? And I myself, you know, obviously always trying to respect everybody, including women. I always tried not to like look, but sometimes you just can't help it. There's just something in the male brain that you're just scanning the restaurant animals. boom you just you just zero in or right eggs. on so um i caught a few of the uh food runners and stuff checking out some of these girls asses like really just ogling them really hardcore so i came up with this game uh with three or four of the the food runners where if any of us caught the other person checking out one of the girls asses okay it was one a of point. the booties yeah it was a point and then um i gotta remember if i can remember it all right also if you saw somebody checking out an ass and they got caught by the girl whose ass they were checking out that was like three points and uh, i think there was another rule in there but i can't remember it but then after you got so many points that person had to buy you dinner Ooh. right so it was it was a lot of fun and i i they never got me one fucking time i also like that because you know it it sparks a little bit it sparks a friendship you mm-hmm. know what i mean and Your also version sparks also, a friendship which if we can be honest 
don't most male friendships spark off perversion? I think they usually start from perversion. Yes, yeah, so I think about. That's about and also, right. if you think about it, it's discouraging, you know, objectifying women. One hundred percent. So you know, I, I really hey, you see that? <laughs> Come on, Megan McCoy, bring on your feminist bullshit. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, we we're receptive to the feminism. You know, we are very. These are two open-minded, young, hot-blooded American males. Yeah, so. And and we are here to respect women. Yeah, That's there's, there's going to be one episode of this podcast. It's as far as we got. <laughs> we get we get. Blind. You know, the longer and longer we're talking, the more and more I think we're going to be 86, which brings us to our last category uh, of the inquiries, the question section, the the top ten. Um, this is a, a category affectionately known as getting 86. Tell me about firing quitting okay. stories. Do you have any good yeah. ones? And it doesn't have to be you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I actually do have a good one. Um, All right. There was this one kid that we worked with, and he was a not so savory character, right? And he was nice enough, but he was very problematic okay. to work with all around, from management's point of view, from other, you know, he would not help out. Blah 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 blah. Um, he ended up getting fired um, from working at this place, and. Uh, you know, we were all kind of relieved to see him go because he was just kind of a troublemaker. Well, um, this was never substantiated. Um, <laughs> but essentially what happened, um, a few weeks... A- you know when you're using an SAT vocabulary word, the story's about to <laughs> Substantiated. So, from the Latin word meaning sub- substantiated. Shut the fuck up, dude. So, so a few weeks after this kid gets fired, right... Um, our boss at the end of the night, everybody's left the restaurant, right? He's the last one there. He's, you know, doing his final steps, collecting all the money. Um, somebody who, whose voice and stature strongly resembles this person who got fired comes in or excuse me, let me, let me start it. So he doesn't come in. The, the guy literally leaves. He's, he literally is packing up and leaving the restaurant. He got fired. He's walking out. No, no, this is after two weeks. The, I'm sorry, the boss. The boss closes up the restaurant, right? Boss. Let's give these people a name. So who's the guy that got fired? We'll call him Troy, okay, all right? Troy, so yeah. Troy gets Thunder fired. Thunder Fist Troy. Right Thunder Fist Troy gets fired. And I'm sorry, listener. We got to, you know, I, I know it's sometimes a spoken word. We're in your head. You're using your imagination. And some of you, frankly, are slow or drunk right now because <laughs> yeah, well, you've been slugging martinis. So... Troy Thunderfist gets fired yep. because he... He's just a bad employee. He's a bad employee, yeah. okay? And now the boss will call him, you know, Johnny McDinkleween. <laughs> All right? Johnny McDinkleween, the boss. So Johnny is... He's packing Johnny's up closing up. Everybody's gone. Finishes for the night. Goes to lock up the door and starts walking out. What appears to be Troy jumps out of the fucking bushes with a gun, right? Really? Yes. Fucking... Thunderfist? Yes. Comes out with a gun. And walks him back inside the restaurant. Has him empty out the safe and everything else. Takes him over to the liquor cabinet, which had a lock on it from the outside. Puts it, takes his phone and everything. Locks him in the liquor cabinet. And then gets his keys, steals his car, and leaves. Wow. So, he eventually, I think he like broke the door down and finally called the police and everything. Wow. I don't, I don't know if they ever found the car or anything. But like, like I said, it was never substantiated that that was actually the person who did it. But like... By all accounts. Let this be a lesson to all of you out there with a boss you hate. If you're not planning to steal their car tomorrow, then you don't really hate that motherfucker, right? (laughs) Rethink your perspective. Go into work with a chipper attitude or... Steal the motherfucker's car. <laughs> Jump out of the bushes. Be ready. I'm not. A, I, listen. I'm not uh, promoting violence here. But you could hold him at like butter knife point or something. Um, yeah. he, was a, he was a pretty small guy. I don't know if that would have worked. <laughs> All right. So look, we got through our top ten. 
It was a daunting ride. You did a great job. Thanks, you too. Now it's cleanup. You know, it's a classic cleanup time. At the end of the night, you got to close down the bar. We call this the How's My Driving segment, right? How do we do? Any questions that we missed? Any things that you think that we need to add? Any any just rec- mm-hmm. restaurant recommendations, you know? Have you been anywhere recently mm-hmm. that we really need to check out? Mm-hmm. You know, because of Corona, I haven't been to a, a lot of places Or maybe recently. a beer or a drink that you've been drinking recently during Corona. Dude, I'm fucking cheap as shit. I drink Natty Bell <laughs> and, I, and Jameson. Like, that's that's, right. my, that's my go-to. Um, but no, I'm super glad to be back in Baltimore, man. I love the culture here. I love the city so much. And there's a lot of great places. I love going down to Fells Point. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm really excited to just be back here with a lot of the people that I know and getting to go experience all that again. Awesome. We're happy to have you. I can't tell you. My heart is overjoyed to have you back. <laughs> Um, all right, we're going to go to our wrap-up segment. These are our closing questions. We always ask our, our bartenders and servers this to, to wrap up the show. Big question. Why do you still do this? A.K.A., why do you hate yourself? <laughs> and obviously, I stopped hating myself a little bit because I don't bartend anymore. <laughs> you, listen, we all know that this is just a temporary lapse. Of yeah, of course. You'll I'll never, be back. I'll you be can't back. get away. Once, once my other plans fail, I'm right back. What do they say? <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fair enough. I do. I do have very good memories about the service industry. So, um, you know, obviously, it's a even though it's really stressful, it's such a fun job. You know, it, there's like never a dull moment. You know, like there's always people to interact with and shit going on. You know, stories that you get to tell. Um, so that that always made it very appealing to me because it was very interactive. Yeah. Um, I like I love the social aspect of it. Um, why do I hate myself? I mean, I'm a piece of shit. That's fucking, <laughs> I think that's pretty self evident. Well, so. <laughs> look, and I know we joke a lot, but to but to your point, um, you know, I remember when we were working at the Nautilus. I remember that first summer where I met you, and it's you and Brian Dunwoody and Tom, and Dirty Tom, and we're all working there. We're in, and you know, we're not making a lot of money, but we're having a good time. We're going out to the bar, and I had more than a few times thinking, hey, should I do something else? Should I do retail? Should I find a construction job? Should I find something else? And I remember watching, at the time, this stand-up special by John Mulaney, great comedian. Mm, yeah, I love him. And he tells a story about this old lady who flips him off in traffic. And he has this great line from that story where he, he says, you know, that anger, that hate in her kept the blood flowing around the fossil. <laughs> And that's really how I think about the service industry sometimes, man. Sometimes it's stretchy out. Sometimes it's just brutal. Sometimes you walk out of your ship with middle fingers of the sky. But guess what? It is. There are a few jobs that keep the blood flowing yeah, around the fossil enough. like this one. For all the good times, there's bad times. You know, uh, for all the bad times, there's good times mm-hmm. too. It feels like a roller coaster. So, mm-hmm. all right, last one. And on a good note, you know, a little positivity. If you opened a bar, what would you call it? Okay, so actually, like. In my, in my dream world, right? Yes. And I'm glad that we get to put this on tape, so that way if anybody ever fucking steals it from me, I've got proof that I thought it was That's perfect, right, right, people. So if I if I had my perfect scenario, I could open a, up a bar, it'd be called Feedback, all right? So classy place, you know, kind of dive bar-esque, but, you know, nice and open and big with the stage in it, right? So you got good co- good cocktails, um, nice, comfortable seating around the stage Live area. music? So here's the twist, right? Okay. So it's called Feedback. So instead of bringing bands or comedians or anything, what you do is, because um, you've seen like how some bands will uh, tour and perform today with holograms, like okay. um, the Gorillas do it, right? All right, sure. So they literally have holograms they did the on Tupac stage. Tupac one at Coachella so, and all the white bitches. Exactly. Crazy, so right? what you do is you take old recorded performances from artists throughout history since they were recording artists, and you would put the holographic representation of, of the show up on stage. 
right? So you could have the Rat Pack performing, you know, on Fridays would be Funky Fridays. You could have James Brown up on stage doing his thing. So it would just be music from the past, you know, that you just have the holograms up there performing. I love it. I love it. It feels a little bit adult Chuck E. Cheese-ish. Fuck you, man. <laughs> You're not invited, are you? No, no, no. I'm into it. I'm going to be honest. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very much into it. And and I love that uh, your bar concept is really forward thinking, right? It's like what is, um, you know, what is maybe a style that hasn't been done? Um, I feel like I see that bar, and I actually really say this in a com- as a compliment, in like a, an episode of Futurama. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and and they walk into you know a bar on some planet MI six or something mm-hmm. like that, and uh, you know, and there's the hologram James Brown doing his thing. Playing exactly, the blues. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. I dig that. And so the name feedback, just yeah. feedback. Yeah, not the feedback. No, nope, just like feedback. Okay. Yeah, All right, very cool. Mike, it was a blast. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'll tell you what, man. These fucking martinis are really starting to. Slow me down. Yeah, I might have to take a little nap before I drive to Kansas. Daddy's feeling good. <laughs> so, can we smash the bottle now? Um, let's smash them up! <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we release new episodes on the first and third Monday of each month. A big shout-out over to our friends at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show. Go check them out on Facebook and Spotify and show them some love. And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BRPDrinkalong or on YouTube and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon. VIPs will always have a seat at the bar and you'll get access to bonus content, have a chance to vote on new episodes, and receive a 10% discount on all of our merchandise. And tell Mike if they want to be a big tipper, a.k.a. one of our Bozells. Feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. Mike and I do this because we love the service industry, and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along!